our own words. Welcome to Our Own Words, the series where people in and around the two rural communities of Lead Hills and Kuta in South Lanarkshire talk about how they feel in their own words. In this episode, we'll be discussing mental health and well-being. The importance of mental health and well-being is gaining recognition in both public health and social and community programs. The number of organisations and charities being set up to help and advise people of all ages experiencing mental health concerns across the board is increasing. I want to find out what perceptions of mental health are and how they've changed over time. Also, I want to know if living in a remote rural community affects our mental health in specific ways. As ever, let's begin by asking how people understand it. Well, it's all about, you know, being happy with yourself in your mind. So not about being healthy in your body, it's about being happy, I guess. And mental health is like not having worries and not being scared, I guess. Isn't depression where you're kind of like, you find, it's, you find it hard to find things that make you happy? Do you ever have feelings of sadness or anger and you don't really know why? Have you ever felt yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I have them quite a lot, actually. Um, especially at school. I don't, like, at break times and stuff. I think at one point everybody feels lonely, but I think if you surround yourself with the right people, you never will feel lonely. I guess some older people, if you're, like, at a care home or something, or you just live on your own, that can be quite lonely, just living on your own. Everybody knows what it's like to feel down at times. But is there a difference between feeling down and something more serious? Hayley Tennant is a qualified cognitive behavioural coach, a mindfulness practitioner and neuro-linguist programmer who works as a holistic psychotherapist working with people of all ages. We are very individual in our own right, but there are some key common themes that a mental health practitioner look out for and especially the GP I have lived experience um, family members of depression and also um, my own experience Mm. so I'm going to talk from those perspectives and the people that I've worked with and and I've had to signpost so feeling down we'll all we'll all experience that Um, unhappy sad down in the mouth are the words that we use to describe when we're feeling down but ordinarily when we're feeling down over a short period of time we're able to get up and go we can get up function have a shower crack on with our lives still feel happy about some things in our Mm. world depression tends to come from lifestyle not having enough money for example not having enough friends some catastrophic things that have happened in our world death divorce complex trauma all affect what happens with depression. Depression is also biological. It can be hormones. It can also be a chemical imbalance in our mind. The other thing is cognitive, the way we think, feel, self-esteem about ourselves and our world. If we're depressed, for example, the signs that I've seen is very much low mood, crying constantly, um, don't want to socialise, don't want to see people, don't want to talk, don't want to get out of bed. Some people describe it as the dark dog or dark cloud over their heads and they can't function. A lot of people 
who experience depression will work through it themselves. Other people need a little bit more support. Yeah. And often that's talking therapies. Some people, it is really a chemical imbalance, and that's when the GP has to get involved with medication. But there is there are stark differences between being down and being depressed. So there is a difference between feeling down and experiencing depression. Certain things may obviously trigger those feelings, but we're not always able to locate the reason we feel down. On the face of it, things may be going very well in our lives, and yet we still feel overwhelmed or inexplicably depressed. It really is about understanding yourself and knowing yourself, Mm. those points where you do feel motivated and those points where you've seen a decline in yourself. And I think it's really important to have that conversation with yourself, if you can, around evaluating where you are right now in your world. Um, But you're absolutely right. We can't always pinpoint it. And that's why at that point where you feel, actually, this doesn't feel like me, whatever me feels like. But today, this doesn't feel like me, is where we should try to reach out to talk to someone mm. and get the support that we, we obviously need. I've experienced that myself, where there's no one situation where I think, oh my goodness, I'm feeling really low. Right. And even as a practitioner, you know, I experience that not often, mm. but I have. And that point where I go, I need to talk to somebody. I've just got to have a conversation about this. And it helps. So everyone has mental health, whether that's in good shape or we're experiencing difficulty or decline. I wonder, does Haley think we should consider it normal to experience ups and downs in our mental health? So instead of trying to become normal, we understand it as typical to experience difficulty now and then. Of course we're normal. We're we're normal in our own right, aren't we? We're very individual, we're very unique. Mm. How we experience the world is how we experience it. And and we're different to one another. So, yes, we can have positive and really good mental health and we can have mental health decline or we may have mental health disorders. But we shouldn't look at mental health challenges like they're not normal because they are. Mm. It's about our ability to say this is okay not to be okay. And we see that banded about all the time. But we have to start to live and breathe that. It's okay not to be okay. It's what we do with the not being okay that matters. Right. Esteemed Clydesdale is a mental health charity based in Lanark. I asked founder Karen Jackson, who in her opinion is most likely to encounter mental health difficulties. Mental health can strike anybody. Doesn't matter your age, your beliefs, how good a job you are. It can can affect anybody at any time. And there's so many variety of reasons that can trigger mental health problems. So anyone can experience mental health difficulties. We've all just come through a global pandemic which has lingering consequences for many of us and we're now thrust into a cost of living crisis. The sheer fact of waking up in a cold house in the knowledge that it's not going to get any warmer not only puts a very different hue on the day but over time can have a profound impact on our mental health. If we can't keep warm in our house, we start to feel down in the mouth. Mm. You know, we start to feel uncomfortable. It's a very uncomfortable feeling, being cold. And that will impact on how people feel about themselves. And the worry and the stress. Everything has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? How many more hours can I work? Some people aren't able to do that. Where's the next penny coming from? 
worrying about the next tenner of putting the, the heating on to, to warm the house. Um, all of that has an effect on our mental health and well-being, whether we feel good about ourselves or whether we don't. It makes all the difference. Anxiety is far from the only contributing factor to our mental health. Feeling isolated and alone also has a significant bearing on how we feel about ourselves and the world around us. I do think some people get more lonely than other people, but I also think that we'll all get like feel lonely at some point in our life. It might only just happen once or twice, but everyone will feel lonely in their life at some point. Do you think you might feel emotionally different when you're an adult than you do now? Probably. I think I've got a lot to come. So, yeah, I'll probably be a bit different when I'm an adult to now. You're 12 now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Turning 13. So. Turning 13. Yeah. Do you think when you're 33 or 43, you will have different emotions and feel differently about things yes, than you do Yes, definitely. Now? Because um, I'll probably look back on my life and I'll be like, um, wow, I overreacted on that a lot. <laughs> because I think as you get older, for some people, you care less about what people think about you. But at the moment, I'm quite self-conscious. So. so there's a general expectation that how we think and feel changes as we get older. But is there also a difference in the way older and younger generations are prepared to talk about issues surrounding mental health. And has that changed over the years? Younger people are more liable to talk about their mental health now because, you know, they do talk about it and as part of their education and that in schools and whatever. Um, older generation, I would say, I it's still quite bad. I think years ago, we didn't have the same mental health problems. And if there were, families would hide it. Way back in the old days, if somebody in the family was, uh, they, were, they were shut away in a room and they weren't allowed out and that, and, I mean, because people were ashamed. Mm. And, I mean, that's coming out in the open, which is a great thing. So you're uh, glad oh, of that? Definitely. Alison White is a high school teacher living in Lead Hills. Does she think younger people are more equipped to talk about their mental health than previous generations? Definitely from a school point of view, because we do a lot of talking about, okay. and even more so because of all these lockdowns, there's far more discussion at schools about kids' mental health. There's far more being put into schools trying to help kids deal with what they've gone through and what issues they have. So do you find them more ready to talk about oh, their own situation? Yeah, and they've got more of the language to talk about it. Right. I think that's important, that children have yeah. to have, and I think it's the same with adults, you've got to have that language to be able to explain what's kind of going on in your head uh -huh. and how you're seeing the world and what issues you've got. I've got a member, a close member of my family, who's I would say he's got serious mental health issues, but he doesn't see it that way. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's... Because he's of the, he's older than me, so it's very much, there's nothing really wrong with you. Right. If you just buck up and get on with it, yeah. you know. Right, so Whereas, we still have some work to oh, do. Oh, I think that's huge, yeah. yeah. I think the younger generation are, they're lucky in a way that it can be talked about and they can openly discuss it. Throughout this series, we've been listening to people in and around two remote rural communities tell us what they think and feel about certain things that relate to their own lives. When it comes to mental health, 
something that can affect anyone, anywhere, is there perhaps a difference between how that might be experienced in a rural and an urban community? Rural areas are very isolated. Um, and sometimes a rural area, the, the community is very tight-knit, so people help people. But there's still that stigma with mental health where a lot of people who don't want to admit to the fact that they're struggling with their mental health, so they're no liable to talk to other people, especially um, their neighbours. So it can be very varied. Town Towns are much bigger. You, you have probably get better services within a town rather than in the, the local areas, you know, a small rural area. And Lanark, the, the Clydesdale area has a very rural area around about it and there are a lot of small villages. We've done a bit of work with the, the local areas. We've did a reach out when we first started to try and get support groups and that started up in the local areas. But again, it's difficult to get people to to talk about mental health. It still, it still is a stigma. Here, I would say people are more understanding because they know the person and they know if, they, if they're behaving in a certain way, we know why they're behaving in that way and we know how to deal with them or who to go to that can help deal with them. So what about during COVID and lockdown? Did that just heighten the sense of rural isolation? I like to get out and about and meet friends and... Um, it kept me in, but I can't say that I was ever um, I was ever bored or um, staying alone. I was never bored. I was never lonely. I lifted my phone and I could phone somebody. I kept in touch with text messages, um, FaceTime, Facebook. Well, I joined Facebook before lockdown, but some people say, "Oh, I wouldn't join that." But for me. Um, if it's used properly, it's a great way of connecting and, and seeing what's going on locally. I must say that lockdown kept me in, but it did keep me lonely. I think in my experience of working with people within rural communities, one of the biggest challenges is uh, social exclusion um, and also um, routes to get there in terms of clubs and activities that are purely focused on mental health and well-being. I think that's one of the challenging um um, areas that we need to be very mindful of. Um, I think the advantages of a rural location, like where I live, for example, is the appreciation of getting outside the mm. fresh air. And there's only so much you can do of that on your own. We do need social interaction to be able to coach each other, bounce off one another, share stories, because mm. that's what community is all about, isn't it? Course, I'm just having yeah. a cup of tea and yeah. a biscuit and sharing our problems. If you look back at the 50s and 60s where mental health support wasn't so prevalent and in your face, if you like, uh, people talked to mm. each other. Not so much the men, it was more so the women. Yeah, and men yeah. just cracked on with the work, didn't they? In in the community sense, women supported each other and it was over a cup of tea. Right. So I think there's there's lots of fors and againsts in the, in the rural location. And this is where we need more structured and focused activities that really hones in on that social togetherness um, that allows us to feel good about ourselves. Mm. And that's not always necessarily talking about our problems. That could be anything, right. arts and crafts. Yeah. It could be painting classes. It could be piano, round the piano singing. It could be anything. Mm. Music mm. as a therapy in itself.
internet is a source for both good and bad. On the one hand, it provides a connection and a resource to a wealth of information and people. But we've also learned how it can be weaponized and used for misinformation and outright spitefulness. I think that's one of the biggest pressures on our youngsters. Mm. You know, I mean, it's hard enough being, a, it's always been hard being a teenager. You've got yeah. all that, we've all been through it, you've got all that angst and all the rest of it. But now it's all out there. Every little thing you do see is out there and everybody knows about it and everybody's commenting on it. Mm. You know, it's, it really is. And you're not allowed to make mistakes. No. Whereas we used to be able to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of life. We yeah. make mistakes. We learn from them. Now... Yeah. You go to a party, you do something stupid. I, your uh -huh. old news very quickly, but it's there and it's out and people are keep, you know, they keep pinging away at it, chipping yeah. away at it. Do you think that's a real reflection of where we are at as a society? Or have, have we indeed become a less compassionate society? Or do you think that's not a fair mirror or lens to look through? No, it's a difficult one. I would hope it wasn't like that. I would hope that, you know, we're still a very caring society, but, you know, it's it's horrible out there. And it's it's horrible mm. for kids out there. Someone who knows what it's like to be at the sharp end of digital abuse is local MSP and government minister Mary McCallan. I wonder, what's it been like for her and how does she deal with it? Yes, it's not easy, actually. I don't mind admitting that. Um, I think, first of all, social media is a really powerful tool. And I wouldn't knock it because in my experience in politics, people often will come to me and say, Mary, I had no idea that X was the case until I read about it online. Mm. So it's been an incredible platform for right. the sharing of information. Um, but... There is no doubt there is a nasty side to the way that people are willing to communicate with one another online. Um, and yes, I have, I think it was probably quite surprising to me when I was first really? elected. You know, you go from being private individual mm -hmm. um, to someone who people want to communicate in that way with, but you have to just try and tune it out and focus on the people who need your help. There are practical ways we can look after ourselves. Keeping active, talking to a friend. We know ourselves better than anybody else and what is likely to suit us best in terms of caring for our mental health and well-being. I would probably go and talk to someone that I trust or I would play with my pet or something. Pets are good, yeah. aren't they? What sort of pet do you have? A bearded dragon. Bearded dragon? What is that? It's like... A reptile. They don't bite, but it's like got a like pancake-like body. They can grow up to this long, but most of it is their tail, and their beard turns black when they're like stressed and everything. And they puff their beard out, and it's to like scare off predators and all of that. Wow! How long have you had that? Um, maybe just over two years. Wow. And that cheers you up. You go and talk to it or play with it or stroke it. Yeah. Can you stroke a bearded dragon? Yeah. Can you? Did you say he changes colour when his, he gets angry? Stressed. His beard goes black. His beard goes black. They're usually like brown and orange, but when they get stressed, their beard goes black. Wow. 
It's a sign of them saying, back off, I am just scared and I don't want you near me. So you would then leave because he could start getting angry and start trying to bite you and whipping you with his tail and all of that. So you back off slowly and carefully and leave him alone. You don't want to mess with a bearded dragon, do you? How would I know to back off if you were stressed and angry? My eyes would start, like, looking angry. Would they? Mm. So I would know. I'd think, oh, my yeah. goodness, she looks angry. I need to back off a bit. Yeah. Can you tell when other people are angry like that? Do you think you always know? It depends on what person it is. Because some people that I know can hide it quite well. So I don't really know, but sometimes they show it quite easily, so I know. What if, unlike Lauren, you don't have a bearded dragon? You don't feel you have someone who can help you through it? Or you just feel totally overwhelmed? What are the first steps you might take towards getting help? If we're talking about young people, the schools in our area are absolutely amazing and there are pastoral teachers that are trained in these areas. Kids at school can talk to their teachers and the teachers can signpost. They can speak to either the parents or the community mental health support worker. People can approach their GP. You know, what we must really put a line under here, it's not all about medication. Right. The GP, a last resort, will medicate. The GP has access to all the services, counselling services, CPT, cognitive behavioural therapy, for example. And often kids just need to be listened to for three or four, five sessions, wherever it is. Mm -hmm. There's also Healthy Valleys, for example. They've got mental health services and community groups and support. It's really important that we ask people for help, whoever they are. Right. Reaching out is really, really important. So teachers... Um, local youth support workers and the GP so that the individual can be signposted to the appropriate place. Right. Young people have got internet at their fingertips and are very aware of how the internet works. There is a lot of help and support on the internet, for, for especially for youngsters struggling with their mental health. There's a lot of apps and things they can download. Um, the NHS have got a website and everyone they can find lots of information on that as well for help and support. And there is an awful lot of other charities that run internet information as well for support and help. As a young person, if the person's under sixteen, the parent or guardian has to support, or there could, or okay. there could be um, a supporting adult friend with that individual. If, as an adult, you don't want to go to your GP, I think another good step is a close friend that can support you, you know, reach out within your social network right. and have conversations around that. But rest assured, if you do approach the GP, it's absolutely private and confidential. There's no discussions with anyone else. It's very much a private referral. And as I say, in my experience supporting people and being, I've supported people going to the GP, you know, with them as, as their friend. Right. And the process has been absolutely private and confidential and gives the individual the peace of mind that they need. I really need to stress if the individual doesn't want to go to the GP and you're feeling low and you feel that you do or are experiencing depression, please talk to someone. Mm -hmm. But And that I think brings us on to there are other helping services um, that the individual can do that. 
behind a phone or online, for right. example, if they don't want to go to the GP. Yeah. Like Mind, like Samaritans, like Childline, there's lots and lots and lots and lots of services available that are absolutely free of charge. And you can have those private and confidential conversations. Just start talking. And if you're not sure, and you, even if you feel frightened, just feel the fear and do it anyway. Pick up the phone and talk to someone so that you can get the support at the right time when you need it. Karen Jackson of esteemed Clydesdale believes some of the problem is a lack of awareness of the services that are actually available. We've been a registered charity since 2017 and even local people in Lanark still don't know we're here. We've done various campaigns, we've had articles in the local papers, we've got leaflets... We've been to the local doctors, both here and get a look to raise awareness of the fact that we're here um, and the support that we offer people struggling with their mental health. But still, you get people coming in, I didn't know you existed, didn't know you were here. What else can you do to make people aware that this service is here? For 15-year-olds and over, there's an online service called Couth. It offers help, support and advice to anyone and allows complete anonymity for anyone using it. I asked Hayley if that's a service she would recommend. Absolutely, absolutely. And Couth is, again, built by um, practitioners, um, lots of detail. The website is really good to navigate, especially for young people. It Obviously, it's honed in for teenagers. There's lots of information around uh, who else you can talk to. So there's quick, clickable links. Um, to Samaritans, to Mind, to Childline, for example, or UK-based charities, and and also Scottish-based charities. There's private and confidential chat rooms. You don't even have to put your email address, and you can use a different name if you want to. So that's a really invaluable tool for the teenager or a teenager that perhaps can't speak to the parents, don't feel that they can talk to anybody else about it, um, but they can talk to someone behind a screen. You know, and that's, that's, that's really good sharing. Everybody has issues at some point yes. in, the, in just the course of being a human being. Absolutely. We all have mental health. And the important thing through all of that is ask for help. We don't ask enough. And you're absolutely right. It's not abnormal. It is very normal to experience mental health decline as it is very normal to experience strong mental health. Well, that's all we've got time for. But thanks to everyone involved in today's discussion and for all the information and advice so generously given. If you or someone you know is experiencing mental health difficulties, please, please talk to someone, whether that's a friend, a relative, your GP, or even a bearded dragon. If you're a young adult, talk to your guidance teacher at your school or go online to Cooth. That's K. O-O-T-H where you can get help and advice while remaining anonymous but whatever you do talk to someone thanks for listening Our Own Words is a big mono production it was written and presented by Jack Henderson and was made possible with the help of South Lanarkshire Renewable Energy Fund